Welcome to the Fed Heads, a weekly podcast from Grant Thornton Public Sector. Join the Fed Heads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode 152 of Fed Heads. I'm Francis Rose. And I'm Robert Shea. All right, pop quiz time, Robert. What does FATARA stand for? Federal Information Technology Acquisition Reform Act. Yes, you nailed it. That's really great. If you can't get government acronyms on this show, you're on the you're listening to the wrong show. Well, but <laughs> I mean that's a tough one. Um, the laughter that you're hearing is from Tim McCrossin and Lorna Drennan of the Department of uh, Agriculture, and they are laughing because they live Fatara every single day of their lives, and that's what they're here to talk about. Welcome to both of you, Tim. Tell me what you're doing in agriculture, what you and Lorna do, and how FATARA works within the construct of the overall Department of Agriculture's information technology uh, operation sure. and the, the broader enterprise of USDA. Yeah. Hey, thanks. So uh, I'm the uh, associate CIO for the Client Experience Center, uh, which means I basically take care of all of the um, end user IT capabilities for the department. Uh, we've now consolidated, so that means I'm responsible for supporting about 110,000 people uh, across USDA, regardless of mission area, regardless of agency, regardless of appropriation. Um, you know, they all come to me for all of their end user IT capabilities. So that's imaging and deployment of laptops, installation of software, uh, password, email, network. Uh, if something IT goes wrong, uh, I'm the one you're calling. So, yeah. Uh, and if I may, you know, so I know that Robert is really sensitive to this because he's he's been on the consolidation bandwagon. Why, for why is everybody picking on me? Why is everybody longer than on anybody. Me? Longer than anybody. USDA payroll consolidation. Um, but, you know, you really take the genesis for what we've accomplished here and go, in my mind at least, all the way back to OMB memo M1129, which was the CIO authorities. Basically, OMB said, we want each CIO of each department to have the authority to manage commodity IT capabilities um, across their organization, the entire uh, entirety of their organization. And so you go all the way back to 2011, then the portfolio stat memos, uh, 12, 13, and 14, uh, the Fatara implementation memo, which was M1504. And then you had a whole bunch of category management memos. The first one was on, uh, and I know that you guys had um, Leslie Field on uh, mm -hmm. probably a year ago. Uh, and those category management memos were the laptop memo, M1602, software memo, M1612, and the mobile memo, uh, mobile device memo, which was M1620. And so you know, really, when you look at it, we're doing all of that uh, through this end user consolidation. Can I just, I don't often get emotional on this program, <laughs> but to have so many OMB memo numbers articulated so eloquently is really stopping me in my, in my boots. I've never. I, I just want I've never seen you in 152 episodes of this program. I've never seen you tear up before, Robert. It's, yeah. it's moving. It's, really, it's, it's, it's very touching. Thing. 
not only not only to articulate the numbers, but to lay them out as, as sequentially um, to to paint a picture of the road we've been on to modernize technology for the benefit of the government's customer. And in this case, it's the farmer. Yeah. And, and it's not, I mean, it's more than just farmers, right? We have, of course, uh, of course, right. Supplemental yep. nutrition assistance program and WIC. Y'all are like a microcosm. Y'all are like a microcosm of different government types. You've got massive loan portfolio. You give out incredible grants, direct assistance, contracts. Every sort of government tool is in use for you to deliver services to the customer. It really is a great uh, laboratory of a way to serve serve our customers better. And laboratory is where Lorna Drennan is, you know, with REE is the mission area. I come in as I am the research, education, and economics assistant chief information officer. Um, and so I have about a customer base of around 10,000. Um, and so I was part of this end user consolidation on the other side, which you can imagine is a whole nother place to live. And so I worked with Tim's team to shepherd in four different agencies. In total, over the course of two years, we did 12 agencies, but four of them were underneath me. And each one of them has very different business needs, use cases, requirements, um, including the whole of ARS, which is 90 different field locations with who knows how many units that go with them. So, you know, we, we executed this project together, you know, mission areas with the department in a year. And our original plan said it was going to take us three, most likely four years to do this. And we did it in a year and a half. In a pandemic. Um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you can imagine we have work to do, right? And Tim and I, you know, talk probably three or four times a week at times, working on the things we still have to work through. Um, mm -hmm. But the heavy lift is over. And in the end, what this is going to allow me to do as a missionary CIO is focus on the customer experience of the services I offer that are above par, right? That sit on top of everything Tim supports. So it frees me up to really take that customer experience to the next level, not even for only for my internal customers, but also for my external customers. And it's Tim's job and only his job and not my job in the end to make sure the people who are doing that have all the tools they need to do it and that they all work 100% and that they get what they need when they need it to do their job. I have two questions for you, Lorna. First is, how many meetings does Tim stand up and recite that litany of OMB memos that made Robert cry? That's one. And two is a serious question. How did you build the strategy that got you from the beginning to where you are today, where you believe, as you just said, you still have work to do, but the heavy lifting sounds like it's been put, put to, taken so care of. First, first question first, Tim has to recite that a lot less often than he did last year. But last year, I guarantee he recited it at least three times a week. Wow. Almost, almost certain. Was that annoying? Did that just kind of get on your nerves after a while? Because I think that would just drive me nuts after well, a while. So I took a little slightly different strategy than some. And I said, hey, look, we are going to partner with these teams. We don't like it. Our customers don't like it. This is going to be really painful. But we're doing this. So instead of pushing back, instead of adding pressure, we're coming at this as a team. As far as I'm concerned, Tim's people are my people and my people are Tim's people. And we are going to work wholeheartedly together to get through this. And 
you know, there was some give and take at times. There was some reality checks. You know, Tim, we can only do so much. How important is this versus that in order to get us over the finish line? And we really, we worked it that way the whole way through. We made some changes to the original plan that we had because the agencies were so different. So we staggered them. Let's take the easiest one first, work through it. Take the next one second, work through it. The last one, who was, you know, third one was a little interesting, tiny, 300 people in this agency, but really interesting. And then we had to come up with a completely alternative strategy for ARS because it was just so dramatically different. But we shook hands and we worked in a partnership to figure out what was going to work to get us across the finish line and still deliver the services we needed to deliver to our customers. So give us some concrete examples of some barriers you faced, some things that went wrong that you had to learn from. And then on the other side of that coin, what are some of the concrete benefits that you're enjoying as a result of this effort? Well, we faced a lot of barriers. Not only did we do this in the middle of a pandemic, we had a, you know, an incident that caused us to halt a whole bunch of work for three months that was completely unexpected in our eyes. And so those in themselves were interesting, but you know, one of our bigger hurdles was the NAS, uh, National Eye Statistics Service and their lockup processes. Okay. Everything that was needed to service that was completely outside the standard operating model that CEC had ever had. We have people that have to go into building at 4 a.m. in the morning spin up systems, test processes, make sure everything's working 100%. On top of that, it's a crazy secure lockdown environment. And so we needed an MOA, right? A memorandum of agreement to protect agri you know, statistical data. So ERS and NAS both have this statistical data, um, which is called SIPSIA. So that was a huge level above here that we had to knock out on top of all of this to make our customers comfortable, to make the whole scenario of lockup hold true. But then there's the other side of the story that is exhausting. When I walked into the job, I had four different agencies issuing laptops to people with four different images on them and four different, you know, SCCM instances to patch these images and, and along with some other strange random software added in there um, that people were using to get the job done. All that's gone. I don't have to worry about that anymore. I don't have to worry about patching systems. Patch Tuesday is no longer my problem. It's Tim's problem. Um, and so, you know, that's where you start to take the load off, right? In order to really say, you guys focus on what you do and we're going to focus on the uniqueness of the services we offer to our mission and we're going to make them the best that we can make them. How did you get at your level, Tim, how did you get from there to here? Well, I'm, so fundamentally the strategy is that, you know, this is commodity IT. Uh, so... The more money you soak into it, uh, because it's a commodity, uh, is not going to change your uh, mission delivery capabilities. Um, and so the strategy is, you know, uh, drive down cost uh, to, to provide an acceptable level of service, but make it as cheap as possible. And so while Lorna gets to focus on the top of the, the top of the stack, right? The mission specific, mission focused capabilities. I focus only on driving efficiency for the commodity capabilities. And so, you know, it's, I'm consumed with, you know, how can I make the cost of my help desk lower? Uh, how can I uh, deploy laptops uh, cheaper, more efficiently than I can before? 
you know, you know, uh, when we were starting out. So just a few years ago, uh, my organization, we would have to deploy maybe eight or nine thousand laptops in a given year. <clears throat> now, with one hundred ten thousand people, and you know, the requirement from OMB that basically we're re you know redoing laptops on a, a four-year cadence. Um, I've got to be able to, to image and deploy about 35,000 laptops in a given year. And that is going to force me to drive a level of efficiency um, that we wouldn't have achieved otherwise. And so that's why one of the things that is uh, coming soon is an enterprise depot uh, where we're going to take these capabilities and, and basically apply, you know, Henry Ford types of, of concepts to set up an assembly line, drive down that individual uh, price point um, and drive up the efficiency. That translates into a cost savings because I'm gonna be able to support Lorna and all of the other assistant CIOs with fewer people. And the one thing I wanna add, it's a lot more tactical, but one of the things that I think really made the approach to this successful, um, and it, you know, part of it was laid out even prior to Tim getting here and me being where I was, is that we approached this one agency at a time. It it wasn't whole hell or whole hail, sorry, sorry, bad word. Um, it wasn't like doing things in parallel. Now Tim had multiple teams running in parallel. So he might have had three teams working with three different agencies to get across the finish line. Mm -hmm. But that hand holding of each agency is different, unique, and has certain requirements is a major part of why we were able to achieve this. Yeah. Lorna, you said we're not done. There's a lot more to be done, but ha having accomplished what you have, what's the next big hill you're going to take? Customer service, right? We we had a disparate 26 different agencies getting service in different ways, and we all handheld our customers in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so you're walking in with 26 different sets of expectations of level of service they're going to get from Tim's shop. And there's just it's a lot of work to figure out how we're going to streamline that, review processes, find different ways of doing business. Um, but we have to do it as a team, right? And we kind of just, we tackle those every single day and have some teams to, to work through them. I have, I, for example, I have some customers that are craving much higher levels of service, right? I need somebody on site. I need 24-7 support. I need, you know, faster support. I have some customers that are pulling me in the exact opposite direction asking, well, where can I cut services to lower the rates, to lower the mm -hmm. cost? And so this is, you know, this tug of war is pulling me in two different directions. So as just as Lorna said, rationalizing the service levels so that we're able to give people exactly what they want at the price point that they're able to afford is, is you know, where our next step is. Uh, we're just about out of time. Tim, we referenced Fatara at the beginning of this. What's the framework that Fatara has provided or what is the imprimatur maybe that Fatara has provided to give you the cover to undertake what you've undertaken? And let me add to that. Let yeah. me add, you know, what, what else do you need? If Congress were to take the next step, what would you ask them for? Well, you see, it's, you know, Robert, that's a really interesting question because, you know, the work that we've done here, well, you know, USDA, the first agency to consolidate end user capabilities, the, well, the first federated agency for sure. This is, this is a very challenging thing. You're never going to see uh, this type of work show up on, you know, like a Fatara scorecard or anything like that. 
And so it's in a way, it's like a little bit of a shame that, you know, we don't get credit from, you know, in the way that GAO and Congress scores Fatara. But if you look at it at the very essence of what Fatara says, you know, they want the CIO to have the authority to manage the hardware, the the, the software, the networks of the organization. And that is exactly what we've delivered, I think, you know, in a comprehensive way um, for the entire of the department. The thing that I, if I would, if I would say, okay, what's next beyond Fatara? <clears throat> you know, the, the thing you got to think about is, and I'll, I'll, I'll harken all the way back to CPIC, right? So it's, CPIC is capital planning investment control, right? Now, and, and, you know, people can disagree with me on this, uh, but so much, of, you know, I buy laptops and, and pretty much that's, you know, maybe some network equipment, but in terms of capital investment, uh, that's really it. I don't, I'm not really capital intensive anymore. Everything that I have is a subscription, is a service. And so it's really less about the hardware and more about how we rationalize all of these different subscriptions and services and licenses. And so if, you know, if I would take those next steps, it would be, you know, Hey, you know, can we have, you know, government wide acquisition contracts similar to what we have in, in terms of networks, uh, mm -hmm. EIS for, uh, end user capabilities, right? I mean, you know, we're all buying the same end user, uh, capability, well, like 23 out of 24 CFO Act agencies are buying the same, um, but we're all buying that in a fragmented manner. And so the question then is, you know, can we lean into the uh, concepts of government-wide acquisition contracts and, and, and start to aggregate our acquisition in this space? Um, it was probably, it'll probably kill me for, 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 for saying this. But Good, then you should definitely say it. It's probably about 10 years ago, there was a guy at GSA named Mark Day uh, who, who was r a really, really good player and, you know, tried to get the executive agencies rallied around uh, buying Microsoft as, as one government. And when you had Leslie Field on uh, last year, that was, the, that was the big takeaway is we need to start buying as if we're one government. Uh, and, you know, I know the UK has done that. Uh, it's it's time to maybe start importing some of that over here to the uh, to the states. Tim and Lorna, great conversation. Thank you very much for doing this, and congratulations on the achievement that you've done here and the work you have ahead of you. Thanks very much for coming on to talk about it. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thank you all so much. Yeah. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to the Fed Heads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. All of the resources talked about during the episode are available in the episode description. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector to join the conversation. And don't forget to leave us a comment or review on iTunes or the Google Play Store.